0: The History of the World Podcast Written and presented by Chris Hasler And this is the History of the World Podcast Unscripted Hello everyone, once again this is the History of the World podcast unscripted with me, Chris Hasler and this is a set of podcasts really just to fill the gap between Volume 3 and Volume 4 so we're not really doing anything proper at the moment we're just filling gaps and publishing something weekly where we're just sort of catching up and um, this week I thought I might cover um, and an area of the world and a culture which uh, we haven't written a proper episode for and uh, I do believe that this culture and this area of the world probably should be spoken about more and that's why I've picked it for this week's subject and we're going to East Africa to a place very close to my heart, Ethiopia and um, we're going to be talking about the ancient culture of the Axumites, so the Kingdom of Axum and the Axumite Empire, which uh, dominated East Africa for a number of centuries, and um, we often talk about Egypt and uh, the Nile and the Kushites, uh, but we don't often talk about the Axumites. And of course, um, if you if you visit the area now, you can see remnants of this ancient age with their uh, with their own special obelisks as well. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the Axumites and, and talk about exactly who they are. And, and they're unignorable, really, especially when we talk about um, seafarers uh, from this era. It's, uh, they did control a very important waterway. So let's talk more about the Axumites. Now, you can still see a city in northern Ethiopia called Axum. And so that points us towards the general area where the Aksumites flourished. And this is the area of the Nile River that is very much upriver. So the Nile is is fed by uh, more than one source. And the source that comes from Ethiopian lands is known as the Blue Nile. Um, So this would have been uh, significant because we believe that it's possible that uh, maybe Kushites uh, migrations could have gone up river and settled around the area of Axum, but then also we believe that Semitic speakers uh, would have migrated across from the Arabian Peninsula via the Babel mandeb Strait which is the narrowest part of uh, the Red Sea linked to the Arabian Sea via the Gulf of Aden and um, This is um, a very significant part of uh, the world just because, really, if you were a sea merchant and you wanted to go from the Mediterranean uh, to uh, the lands of the east, such as the Indian subcontinent, um, then you would have had to have traversed this strait, the Babel-Mandeb Strait, in order to make that journey. So if you'd have gone from the Mediterranean Sea, you you may have gone up the Nile initially and then um, taken advantage of the the earliest canals that linked the Nile to the Red Sea and then you would have had to have um, crossed through Babel mandeb to make it to the Arabian Sea. And uh, it may have been that Semitic speakers crossed this strait and uh, the Aksumites took advantage of this area this this strait and this narrow strait uh, in order to maybe control trade because initially uh, the the strength of axum would have been um through trade and we can see evidence of this um there's certainly coinage that exists from the it goes back to around the 2nd century ce and um there's a definite evidence of trade we believe um that this would have been a, a hotbed for trade and we'd have seen obsidian, which we've mentioned before, is coming from these lands, um and as well as ivory, uh, rhino horns, um gold, emeralds, um the quite a number of things would have been um would have been traded in this area of East Africa very early in the first millennium. Now this would have been a, a time uh, an important time for world trade because this was uh, the the period of time for the Silk Roads and, of course, with the Romans looking to exploit other opportunities to trade with the lands of the east without having to deal with the Persians in the middle, uh, they would have been looking at the, uh, the routes via sea opportunities um, and um, one of them would have been um, the Red Sea route to uh, the Arabian Sea and uh, this would have been via um, the waterway that was guarded by the Aksumites. Now it also appears ed- evident that the Aksumites would have had uh, great links to uh, the European societies, um, especially the Roman Empire. Um, and this would have been because the Romans were very much the the wealthiest um, nation in terms of their activity, their trading activity, and they would have been very, very keen um, to acquire the goods that the Aksumites may have been able to lay their hands on, especially um, the fact that the Aksumites were able to produce their own uh, agricultural yields and uh, also they would have been able to acquire um, uh, like stuff from inland Africa, such as the the ivory and the gold that we've already mentioned. And they, this would have been very attractive to the Romans. And we see the coinage really does give a nod to the Roman Empire with its Greek inscription. So there would have been a desire for the Aksumites to um to endear themselves to the Romans and and, and make themselves available for trade opportunities. So uh, there would have been somewhat of a closeness and we we can see this closeness develop a little bit as well. Entering into the 4th century, uh, we can see uh, that the Ethiopian um, or the Aksumite um, religion Uh, which we believe originally resembled much more of an Arabian polytheistic religion initially, um, was converted, and it was converted to Christianity, which at the time was starting to become a very significant religion of the Roman Empire. It hadn't necessarily been made the official state religion, but just to give you a, a bit of an indication, this was sort of the time of the lifetime of Constantine the Great, who um, was a, a great advocate of Christianity or certainly um, a great advocate of the expulsion of of persecution of Christians within the Roman Empire. So it may have been um, that, the, uh, that the king Ezana, uh, at the time, the Aksumite king Ezana uh, made the decision to convert to Christianity. And, and what this would have been based on, this decision, it, whether it would have been based on maintaining a close relationship with the Romans or whether this would have been a general um, conversion that was sort of really the trend of the time of the fourth century, this trend of converting to Christianity. Uh, whether that um appealed to the Aksumites generally um it certainly did appeal to Ezana uh, as he um, as he definitely um converting this would have this would have been around 325 the, the year 325 and Ezana would have been maybe uh, well supported um if not already quite powerful as he was able to um tr- he was able to uh, travelled down the Nile River towards um, the Kushite kingdoms, especially the one based at Meroe, and um, and he would um, expand the Aksumite kingdom and, and create an imperial entity of the Aksumites. Uh, so we really see that the Aksumites were becoming very powerful and certainly uh, East Africa had not seen anything like this before now we see uh, i suppose christianity um in in african nations um mainly due to european co- uh, colonialism uh, but in e- in ethiopia's case um christianity uh was uh, very much an ancient religion there and and it uh, it it was the expansion of coptic christianity which was very much the religion uh, or very much an important religion I should say of Egypt at this time and uh, this it migrated upwards um, from uh, Egypt up the Nile from Egypt and and this is where we see the roots of the uh, Ethiopian Orthodox Christian Church that uh, is a very relevant part of Ethiopian religion today. Now, if we move forward into the sixth century, then we we recognise that there was a, a Himyarite uh, kingdom in uh, in southern Arabia, and uh, they would have also uh, benefited from trade opportunities of the waterways uh, between uh, the lands of Europe and the the lands of the East, such as India and and Indochina, and um, by this time, uh, we can see that certainly the Roman Empire had fallen, the Western Roman Empire, we should say, and um, this almost created a, a splintering of, of the Christian church. So the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, um, as it came to be known, the Coptic Church of, of, of Axum would have been uh, distanced from the European Christian church. And um, nonetheless, uh, we still saw that the Aksumites maintained a level of power, and certainly under King Caleb, um, they had straddled Babel Mandeb into the Arabian Peninsula, uh, where the Himyarites had uh, very much embraced Judaism. Uh, so that when the Christianized Aksumites came across, they were seen as not only uh, foreign invaders but also as ideologically different. It would actually come down to the Sasanian Persians to drive the Aksumites out of Arabia and back over to Africa. So Uh, We really see that the Aksumites uh, during the 6th century were probably at their peak of expansion and then uh, just as the 6th century turned to the 7th century, the Sasanians then uh, were able to outpower the Aksumites and push them back into the Horn of Africa. Of course after this, and not long after this, we would have seen the, the rise of the uh, the Islamic Arabians, and uh, the uh, subsequently the end of the Sasanian Empire came very quickly after this after this period, and uh, where we see uh, the Rashidun Caliphates, the first Islamic or the first major Islamic Caliphate of Arabia, um, take over the the lands of Arabia. Uh, Aksumite was then pretty much pushed into economic isolation at this point so um, really the glory years of axum were now over it's at this point we see the the uh no more production of coins we believe that axum was uh, abandoned um as a city at this time uh, with uh, the peoples, the population heading into the highlands and really Axum declined from here. So from going from being um, the, the first real dominant and powerful state of East Africa um, to a very trusted and reliable trading partner for both um, cultures going from west to east and uh, taking the sea route as opposed to the land route um and um from dominating the Strait of Babel Mandev from having complete control over it um it very very quickly lost all its power and went into a steep decline following the rise of the Islamic Arabic caliphates. However, the one thing that did happen is that Christianity very much survived. Um, in Ethiopian lands at this point, and um, right up until the modern day, we see the Christian Church in Ethiopia, as we've already mentioned, and um, we uh, we do know that the the culture survived, and um, it was still recognised by uh, other cultures, if uh, if it wasn't um, the most dominant culture or, or anywhere near as powerful as it once was and uh, the culture wasn't really uh, referred to as an axumite culture we, it much more resembled the the uh, the origins of the modern ethiopian culture that we know today so this takes us back to these uh, obelisks of uh, of uh, of axum um they're not really obelisks uh, they they're more like steely um and um they they're erected they're very tall and and probably uh, among the tallest in the world um and uh, you can still see them to this day these in- incredible stelae that that reach many many dozens of feet into the air and um that's probably the the biggest uh, sort of uh, visible legacy of the Axumites that exist to this day so there you go a little brief um, introduction to the Axumites. only a real sort of brief mention of them just to, to give them a, a respectful nod because we mentioned them during Volume 3 and they did play a very important part um, in African history and in a world trade history so uh, I think it's only right that we should talk more about them but there they are, the Axumites, the Uh, the dominators of the lands of the modern countries of uh, Ethiopia and um, Eritrea. Now, if you enjoy the History of the World podcast in general and you'd like to support uh, the History of the World podcast, you can. You can make financial contributions through the Patreon website in order to find our page, you go to the historyoftheworldpodcast.com website and you click on the Patreon link. It will take you through to the Patreon page where you can sign up and make a monthly donation to the podcast in order to keep it going. And uh, when you do sign up and make any kind of financial contribution, you are automatically invited to be a member of the History of the World podcast podcast. Illuminati, a special club for all of those people who have invested uh, themselves into the future of the project. And uh, it's my pleasure this week to introduce some new members into the Illuminati. We've got Roseanne Taylor, Brian Court, Kevin Brown, Ian Van Alphen and Daniel R. Beckner. Thank you very much to each of you and welcome into our exclusive little club where you can qualify for rewards. i send you gifts in the post and I'll give you opportunities to become involved in the podcast and uh, and become very much a part of its legacy by suggesting questions and and episode subjects. Um, So please do consider becoming a part of that legacy. Uh, we've received some messages from some uh, new listeners to the podcast this week and uh, first one um, is going to be from Paul O'Keefe who's put, uh, just want to thank you and congratulate you Chris I've just discovered this gem, absolutely wonderful informative yet humble as history should be communicated Paul, Melbourne, Australia Thank you very much for your kind message Paul Kevin Talbot has written in as well, has put, thank you so much for a great podcast. I found your podcast after having recently read an article about Pavlopetri and thus wanting to reinvest myself into history. We, we haven't mentioned Pavlopetri, funnily enough. It's, a, it's an underwater Greek city that they believe may date all the way back. Uh, to before Mycenaean times, so it's uh, quite considerable. We've not mentioned it, but uh, certainly uh, fascinating. I'll continue with the message though. Uh, he's uh, he's written though. I was looking to start in the ancient times. I could not help but start at the beginning of your cast. Two weeks in, I have binge listened to Volume One all the way up to Volume Three, Episode Twenty Five. You, you can't have had any sleep. Um, It's been a great listen while working on the turf farm. Can't wait to get into the heart of your Roman coverage. Your speed, diction and style are something above many other podcasts. Your presentation of history, as it is suggested, is a welcome sight to the presentation of history. Thanks again for a wonderful show. Looking forward to what is still to come uh and uh, kevin's very kindly sent me a couple of images there and one one of the farm and which he works from and another one from his visit to uh, alhambra so thank you very much kevin thank you very much indeed Uh, finally um we've got hi chris after listening to your podcast for months now i finally took the time and effort to send you a message even though the Netherlands were never challenged to do so, like the Australians and Canadians way back. Oh, that's when I was picking on countries, wasn't it? I remember now. Um, I just wanted to congratulate you uh, with your very interesting podcast and excellent research. Uh, your tone of voice, the speed uh, and coherent way of explaining the history as it unfolded is soothing. I especially like it when you make referrals to other places and times, which helps connecting the dots. Never think uh things never happen in an isolated place, and everything affects everything. I hope you will find the energy and motivation to keep this massive project going as long as possible um I wanted to tell you that I was intrigued by your uh tree panning podcast that was the when we discussed uh people uh, the or the ancient um the ancient act. Of boring holes in people's skulls, um, probably for for medical reasons. Um, I always found this an interesting procedure. I also read that people had stones removed from their head in that manner. Um, this was a very uh, this was a way for quacks to make money. I've not, I've not come across that. It's very interesting. Uh, they would make a head incision or even trepan the head and move a rock, uh, remove a rock from the head which they were were hiding up their sleeves or something. (laughs) A bit of of a uh, magician's trick. Uh, So so (laughs) I've not heard of that before. Wonderful. Um, I even read that some people knew it was a trick and still felt the need to undergo the procedure um please keep those medicine and if possible uh veterinary medicine parts coming i love them i don't know too much about it but um but i must admit I i did feel compelled in volume two to to cover medicine as it as it was a very fascinating uh subject I'm really curious about the upco- uh, about the coming chapters and centuries. I wonder how you will weave the role of my country in the good and the ugly. Also, some very tricky and complicated subjects in the future, like the troubles in the Middle East, Israel-Palestine, colonialism, and so on. Finally, I would like to point, out, uh, point to a very nice book I came across years ago. It's a bit of a read, but ha- perhaps you will like it. The book is called Ideas. By Peter Watson, and is about the history of all the major ideas that shaped the world. Sorry about the long message; I couldn't resist. Keep it up; you're doing great. Happy to contribute financially—that's what I like to hear. Um, and that's from Ian. Um, but I don't have anything else other than Ian and and I. And I have to assume that you're from the Netherlands by the content of your message, Ian. But uh, thank you for an interesting and uh, and. Uh, well written message thank you very much Uh, a couple of reviews um from australia we've got Donder bird uh, has written a great detail well researched chris does a great job organizing his material i discovered stuff about topics i thought i knew about well researched and delivered in a way that keeps you interested. thanks chris your podcast was just what i was looking for it's in the pantheon along with podcasts like The History of Rome and Infinite Monkey Cage for listenability, education and entertainment. And uh, I think my favourite review of this week is from John Thomas M.A. from the USA, who's put John Thomas M.A. He's rated five stars and his review reads John Thomas M.A. So he's obviously a man who enjoys saying his own name but uh, thank you for that 5 star review nonetheless uh, anyway that's, that's all for this week uh, next week it will be more unscripted stuff uh, during this, uh, this interregnum we could call it between uh, volume 3 and volume 4 so thanks for listening and as ever uh, make sure that in the coming week uh, that you uh, are always uh, endeavouring to be good come to the history of the world and join all the other hot welders on our wide range of social media why not support the podcast by clicking the patreon link or buying me a book and becoming a lifelong member of the history of the world podcast illuminati drop me a line at historyoftheworldpodcast.mail.com at and let me know what you thought of this week's episode see you next time